Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. This is a delightful birth story episode from a fellow physician. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. 
Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 195. As always, I'm so glad that you are with me today, whether you are a new listener or you have been on me with this journey for a while. In today's episode of the podcast, we have Dr. Claudia Thomas. Claudia is an orthopedic sports surgeon and her orthopedics training has taken her to many places, Chicago, Seattle, Pittsburgh, where right now she is stationed with the Air Force in Anchorage, Alaska. She and her husband, Chris, welcomed their first baby boy in June of 2022. His name is Stellan. And now he joins their two cats and one dog in their adventures around Alaska. Claudia joins us to share her birth story, including how they tried to get pregnant for 12 months and then got pregnant without any treatment right after visiting an infertility specialist, how she really enjoyed her prenatal care that involved midwives and physicians, including a set of twin OB male doctors. How rare is that? We talk about her lengthy induction that lasted 52 hours, but ended very well. And then some of the challenges that she had postpartum and how she was greatly helped by pelvic physical therapy. You're going to love this episode for sure. Now, Claudia is also a member of the birth preparation course. It is part of what she used to get ready for her birth. I would love to have you inside the birth preparation course. If you don't know, the birth preparation course is my signature online childbirth education class that will get you calm, confident, and empowered to have the beautiful birth you deserve. You can check out all the details of the birth preparation course and come join me at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right, let's get into the conversation with Dr. Claudia Thomas. Well, thank you so much, Claudia, Dr. Thomas, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. I'm so excited to have you share your story. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your family? Okay. Um, well, I am currently living in Anchorage, Alaska, um, but we got here uh, by way of Pittsburgh and Seattle and Chicago. Um, so I'm originally from Northern California, the Bay Area. And then I went to medical school uh, in Chicago at the University of Illinois. And that's where I met my husband, who was also in school uh, for education. So he's a teacher. Mm, okay. And so it makes him uh, makes it easy for him to travel around for work as well. Gotcha. Um, so then we moved to Seattle for my orthopedic surgery residency at the University of Washington, which was five years. And then to Pittsburgh uh, for a year for my sports medicine fellowship. Um, and then up to Alaska, since I am in the Air Force, they paid for my medical school. So, uh, so we'll be here probably for six years. Uh, we've been here two and a half so far. Um, and yeah, then we had our uh, first son, Stellan, in June. So he's now five months old. And so it's the three of us and our dog and our two cats. Love it. Love it. So how do you like Alaska? It's awesome. It's yeah, it's really cool. It's um. We chose it because we liked Seattle and the Pacific Northwest so much. Uh -huh. And so it's a lot like Washington on steroids Okay. <laughs> in terms of just, you know, weather and outdoor activities. And um, so, you know, we're, we're into winter now. It's, there's snow on the ground and, you know, we had snow in early October. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Are there really days like where it's dark most of the day? Like Yeah. I mean, in, in Anchorage, luckily we're kind of halfway through the latitude of the state. 
Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, our longest days are getting on 14 to 15 hours and then the shortest days are about six hours of daylight, but the wow. sun does come up and it's, um, okay. yeah. So sunrise today was, I think nine thirty, and sunset will be about four. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we didn't come to talk about Alaska. But <laughs> I was just curious. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about your birth. So I wanted to start off with the fact that you are a physician. So, but when you went into your pregnancy, what were kind of like your expectations of pregnancy and birth based on your medical training and experience? Yeah. And so, I mean, it had been many years, right? It's, it was my third year rotation pretty much was mm-hmm. my last experience with OB. Um, and so I fully expected to have a hospital birth and have kind of all the uh, the things that go along with that in terms of the prenatal care. Um, and that's what I was familiar with. Um, and also being in the military, that's what um, is provided. So I expected that. And other than that, um, I honestly, a lot of the uh, details of prenatal care and of birth, um, I had just forgotten from med school. Uh-huh. Of course. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely went into it kind of with the, you know, enough medical knowledge to be able to scare myself about certain mm-hmm. things, but not enough to be able to talk myself out of those gotcha. anxieties. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what made you then, well, we'll get to what the things you did to prepare. Let's start off with what your pregnancy and your prenatal care was like. I know that you, you're active duty military, so that was different. You were also considered advanced maternal age. So maybe that was colored your care. So what was your pregnancy and prenatal care like? Yeah. And we had also uh, just started an infertility workup. Um, So my husband and I had been technically trying without you know, my birth control mm-hmm. for about a year. Okay. Um, and so we had gone to see uh, an infertility specialist off base. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had literally just started labs, um, hadn't started any treatment. Right. And then, you know, a couple weeks after that, found out we were pregnant. Um, so we joked <laughs> that there was something in the air in his office that, <laughs> uh, that helped us. But um, so we had technically started that treatment or that workup. Um that's str- and that's stressful. Yeah, and it it was um especially yeah, I mean cuz the labs that I had had so far had come back normal and so we had started um adventuring kind of deeper down that path. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. we felt lucky mm-hmm. that you know we didn't have to uh go any further into right. that workup, but Right. Did you feel like, you know, w- when you're a physician maybe and especially a orthopedic uh surgeon, which is a highly competitive field, you know, attracts the best of the best. Did you feel like any sense of failure or up like, because you weren't getting pregnant? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I, I would say not yet. Um, because again, because it had only been a year, which can feel like a long time, but, Mm -hmm. um, because we weren't really stressing about the timeline of it yet. Um, no, I'd say I, gotcha. I didn't okay. that. Okay, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Um, I was a nutcase after six months of not getting pregnant. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, I was like, I don't want to see a pregnant person. And just, I'm embarrassed to say that six months I was a nutcase, but I was. But at yeah. any rate, um, so you had just started the infertility, found out you were pregnant, and then what, what happened from there? Yeah, so um, 
the uh, prenatal care on at base for us is awesome. Um, I loved our clinic. Mm. They have a model um, with midwives and uh, MDs, mm-hmm. uh, as well as some nurse practitioners. And they definitely encourage you to, to see everyone. Um, okay. Or they don't make a point to, to schedule every one of your prenatal visits with the same person. Sure. Um, I could have chosen to, you know, to schedule with a particular person each time, but I kind of like the idea of meeting everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first visit was with a midwife. Um, then a couple visits were with some of the MDs. Um, and yeah, overall, I'd say the, the prenatal care was um uh was really great and you know you can definitely hear things about the military you know pluses and minuses of military medicine um but i think overall i was very almost pleasantly surprised with um Ah. how great the care was yeah well that's good that's good yeah did do you feel like you noticed the difference between the midwives and the physicians um you know i actually wouldn't say that i did um okay yeah, in terms of you know time spent, questions mm-hmm. answered, mm-hmm. Uh, things focused on, they that they were actually pretty similar. That's good. And yeah. I then I ended up um, because I was advanced maternal age, mm-hmm. um, I had some of my uh, ultrasounds and things off base. Okay. Um, so my twenty week uh, anatomy scan, because I guess they needed the level three mm-hmm. scan More detail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went off base for that, um, and then when I started. Um, I again started ultrasounds, I guess every, uh, I guess it was every four weeks Uh after 28 weeks, um, did some of those off base as well. Okay. Okay. So they didn't have, I guess it, I guess having maternal fetal medicine specialist isn't really common in the military. I don't know. Yeah. We, they, and there probably are some, um, Uh who have done fellowships and are, are some of the bigger, military centers. But right. Yeah. We certainly don't have them. Gotcha. But yeah. So for that 20 week, I had the scan and then met with the MFM. Okay. 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 So then what did you do to prepare for your birth? Yeah. Um, so I definitely, I started listening to your podcast <laughs> and um, I will admit I focused more so on the interviews um, kind of with specialists early on because uh-huh. I didn't think that the birth stories would necessarily apply to me uh-huh. or that I wouldn't find them interesting, but right. those were really my favorites, actually. See, um, I, so I, I swear everybody says that. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, because you can find something in common with everyone right. and you learn something from every single story. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. So I, I definitely went back and listened to those sort of in, in a binge listen style. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I listened to your uh, podcast and we also did your uh, your prenatal course. Not, well, thank you. Yeah. I hope you found it helpful. We did. And my, my husband, actually, he loved it. Um he he's the kind of guy who you know you have to drag him into uh things like prenatal courses mm-hmm. or birth courses mm-hmm. um grumbling but uh he found it really interesting and yeah definitely found it helpful good good good, um, good. and then i read a couple books um i did get uh what to expect when you're expecting mm-hmm. um which is it's just got a lot of info and it's it's great it can definitely i think be a little dated at times, mm-hmm. um, or a little black and white, but uh, but it does have a lot of information. Um, and then I read "Expecting Better" by Emily Oster, which ah. I know a lot of other um, ladies have mentioned as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually reading "Crib Sheet" right now, which uh-huh. is her the book about um yeah, I guess infancy and toddlerhood. 
Right. Right. Um, and then I had a book called uh, Pregnancy, Childbirth, and the Newborn. Okay. The Complete Guide, um, <laughs> which it was good. It was kind of like what to expect when you're expecting, um, but a little more about they spent more time on kind of the uh, labor and childbirth process and some of the techniques for pain control and gotcha and things like that. Gotcha. Um, it was a little more focused, I think, on either home births or... Um, like midwife center birth. Okay. Okay. Um, so some some of it didn't apply so much to my situation, but it was still right. Good good techniques. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How did you come to um, Emily Oster's book? I've had a lot of. Sometimes I hear physicians in particular like push back against her because. Oh really? Mm-hmm, because That's she. That's interesting. Well, she says she so you know she says some things in there like oh it's okay to have a few drinks or you know that kind of thing yeah it's so, okay to eat deli uh, meat yeah. yeah 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 which I I've read the book I think it's great I think it's very you know balanced and everything so um, yeah it sounds like you didn't know that there was some sort of controversy but yeah some OBGYNs in our field oh yeah mm-hmm. I could see physicians so liking it just because it is very data driven and yeah lets you make your own decisions mm-hmm. you know whereas the what to expect is a lot more, you know, do this, don't do this, you know, never do that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's just OBGYNs who have the problem with the (laughs) the book and not necessarily like, yeah. And then I can see in the same vein, like, um, sleep, you know, training specialists Uh or lactation consultants Mm -hmm. having issues with crib sheet, Uh which is more about the infant. Yeah. I haven't read that one. So, um, okay. So what, what are some things that you wanted for your birth? So, at first, I thought I am going to be the epidural lady. I'm okay, the second right. I hit the door, I want an epidural. Right. I know myself. You know, I I know some of the risks, um, and I'm definitely going to do an epidural. And then the more I listened to other ladies' birth stories mm-hmm. and read a little more, um, I thought, okay, maybe I could try at least okay. to start labor without it. Right. Um, but then, especially as it became clear that I was going to be induced, mm-hmm. then I kind of went back to um, I do want an epidural. Okay. So that was one of the, um, yeah, one of the things I knew I wanted to do. Okay. Um, other than that, um, a lot of the things you mentioned in your, um, birth preparation course that I think are, are gold standard, but I just wanted to be sure that mm-hmm. the, um, military hospital was going to do them. So mm-hmm. delayed cord clamp- clamping, yep. mm-hmm. immediate skin to skin. Yep. Um, yeah, those were kind of the, the main ones. And then, um, I really wanted to try to have a vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, as we talk more, I guess, about the actual yeah. birth process, mm-hmm. there's, there was definitely a time where that might not be possible. Right. Um, so right. I appreciated the team allowing me to continue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that desire. But, okay. but yeah, so overall, I'd say I did make a list, um, or birth wishes list. Uh-huh. I fought back against it at first of, you know, not wanting to do it, but. Uh, but then one of the MDs actually at one of my prenatal visits asked me if I had made a birth wishes list. Oh. Um, yeah, it was actually one of the male MDs. And huh. I was like, wow, okay. Okay. To, yeah, birth stereotypes. I liked it. Um, uh, yes. So I went home and, and made one. Okay. Well, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, we really should, because it really should be a, should be a conversation. A lot of it, I think, is just reassuring people that we're like we're going to do the things that we should be doing unfortunately in some places it's not the case but it sounds like you gave birth in a place with a group and in the hospital that was that was great 
Yeah. Expecting parents who are looking for great nursery decor, this message is for you. As you prepare for the beautiful journey ahead, let Home Threads be your partner in creating a serene nest for your growing family. At HomeThreads.com, explore a collection designed for comfort and style during this special time. From cozy nursery essentials to soothing rocking chairs, Home Threads has everything to create the perfect home for your little one and always at the best value. If you like unique items, then you definitely need to check out Home Threads. We got a silver picture frame from Home Threads that is absolutely beautiful. It's one of those timeless classic items that will last for years to come and it fits in any space in your home. Be sure to visit homethreads.com forward slash Dr. Nicole today and receive a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Um, so what was your um, labor and birth like? As we came towards the end of my pregnancy, um, my blood pressure had always been something they were keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, before pregnancy, I was someone who kind of lived in the 140s over 90s, okay. but was never medicated. Um, and so I was sort of labeled as gestational hypertension because that mm-hmm. those blood pressures sort of stuck through uh, the beginning of my pregnancy. Gotcha. They actually got a little better just by being pregnant. Yeah, that, um, that happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I got, you know, relatively hypotensive. Um, but, but yeah, but as we got into later weeks, um, it started to creep back up. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing, um, weekly, um, is it BPPs Uh or the, yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so then we had started to talk about induction, um, pretty much as soon as I had the diagnosis of gestational hypertension and with my age as well. Right. And so they, they talked to me about, um, sort of the timeline of when to do it, Mm -hmm. um, the risks of potentially waiting, uh, past 40 weeks. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely a pretty risk averse person. Okay. Um, and I had had, unfortunately, a few, um, pretty close family friends who had had late term stillbirths. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it's unfortunate. And, but that definitely, I think clouded or not clouded, but impacted my, um, my decisions about induction. Right. And so, so I was totally on board for being induced at 39 weeks. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so I came into the hospital, uh, 39 plus one, Mm -hmm. um, and they checked me in, um, and I essentially was starting from complete ground zero. Okay, not at all ripe. You know, cervix yep. not at all favorable. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they checked me and decided to um, start with a dose, a dose of the oral um, side attack. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so they gave me one dose of that. Uh, didn't even try the the Foley catheter right away, just because. It was so. If you were close, I probably couldn't have. Yeah, put it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let that simmer for about six hours, um, and then when they checked me again, um, I'd started to ripen a little enough that they thought they they could put the uh, catheter in. Okay, fully catheter. Um, 
So yeah, about six hours in of that first night, I got a second dose of oral misoprostol and then mm-hmm. they put the Foley catheter in. Okay. Was um, that painful? It was, yeah, it was yeah. pretty painful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they did that at about midnight. Um, and so consequently that, that first night was pretty horrendous in terms okay. of discomfort. And it was just, I mean, it was pain, but it was also nausea um, mm. and just GI upset. I felt like mm. I was running to the bathroom, you know, every 15 minutes. Um, gotcha. And because of that discomfort, my blood pressure shot way up, you know, to mm. 200 over 110. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. So there was some, there was <laughs> an hour or two there where they were, you know, they were treating me for, you know, concerning for preeclampsia. Right, um, right. So I got a couple doses of, uh, I think it was nifedipine. Okay. Um, but something for my blood pressure. And, and that helped a little bit. What really helped was actually getting um, a dose of fentanyl. Okay. And controlling my pain and that then my blood pressure was totally normal. Okay. Um, that was, uh, I didn't love that, the fentanyl. <laughs> it, uh, it just, yeah, I mean, it makes, it made me feel totally high, um, you know, allowed me to get some sleep, um, especially because that they, we weren't going to be able to do the epidural until the anesthesiologist got in that morning. Right. They could have called him in, but you know, I was okay with, sure. um, with waiting. Sure. sure. Um, but yeah, so consequently that the first night had its, uh, had its rough spots in terms yeah. of the blood pressure and the discomfort. And the, right. Right. Um, right. The opiates. Um, but yeah, but then, uh, I guess first morning was able to get an epidural. Um, and it was great. Um, I felt like they, you know, I felt like a good epidural. I know there's, you know, there can be good epidurals and bad epidurals. I was able to, um, move around in bed. Um, I couldn't get up out of bed. Um, but I could at least, you know, power myself around, (laughs) around the bed, turn over and, um, but my pain control was, was still great. Gotcha. And did you still have the catheter in at that point? The balloon? In? Oh, that's yeah. So at that point, um, I did, um, I want to say it fell out slash they pulled it out uh-huh. at, at the check where I got to about three to four centimeters. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think it was probably in a, about a total of 12 hours. Okay. Would be my okay. guess. Yeah. So it wasn't like they said you have to be a certain number of centimeters or anything before you got the epidural. It was just like when you wanted it, you got it. Correct. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then consequently the next, um, I guess if that was, that was Wednesday morning. So the next, uh, 36 hours really till Thursday night, um, I was actually pretty comfortable. I was just sort of coasting. Right. Um, you know, very slowly dilating. I, okay. Um, so yeah, let's, 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 let's talk through that because yeah, I'm doing so, the math in my head now. I was like, wait a minute, you were already three to four centimeters dilated. And then how long, what happened in that, that. Yeah. So period? then that was, so I think it was about three to four, you know, Wednesday morning. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, by the time they checked me again Wednesday afternoon, um, so I'd had the epidural, you know, for 12 hours, mm-hmm. um, I was still at like four. Okay. Um, and, and they were so probably the, doing Pitocin, I'm guessing, at that point. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. We had started Pitocin yeah. uh, pretty much when we started the epidural. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and so because I hadn't really dilated much more, mm-hmm. they decided, I should say we decided to, um, to break my water. Okay. Um, so that would have been, yeah, like Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that went fine. Um, you know, because of that epidural, it right. was not uncomfortable. Um, Stellan did, when he came out, he definitely had a little nick on his scalp. Oh, from um, where they... Looked like the little, yeah, uh-huh. little crochet hook, uh-huh. which, I mean, was fine. Um, you know, he healed fine, but... Um, so, yeah, so that happened uh, Wednesday afternoon. And then um, just kept trucking through Wednesday night. Um, I don't really think they checked me that much more um, until the next morning. Okay. Yeah, because, I, again, I wasn't feeling any urge to push at that point. Sure, um, sure. And so I, you know, assumed there wasn't really much to check for mm-hmm. overnight. So I just, yeah, I essentially could rest and... Um, okay. And... Uh, were you able to Were you able to get some rest? I was, okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then my husband was there and my mom was also there. And so they were kind of swapping. Gotcha. Um, so that they were allowed to... Or they, they had the ability to also go home and rest. Gotcha. Which was nice. Gotcha. And were you being cared for by a physician or midwives in the hospital? Um, both. Both. Essentially, yeah. Whoever was on, on call for uh, for that time. Oh, so they just really just who whoever yeah, was there. Yeah, it was really just a team, okay. yeah, team effort. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So I ended up seeing mostly everyone. Gotcha. I was going to say, how'd you like your nurses? Oh my gosh. My nurses were amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There was one who like, she made it her goal to have me move as much as I could. Right. Um, And, and so we were doing all sorts of um, exercises like on my knees um, with sheets, trying to, you know, Uh shake the baby, not Uh shake the baby, but But yeah, yeah. Get the the belly to get the baby moving. Yeah. 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 Um, So yeah, they were, they were totally awesome. Nice. Good. Good, good, good. So then you got to, was it went Thursday morning by then? Yeah, so I got to Thursday morning. Uh-huh. Um, and by then, um, I like really had not dilated anymore. Like, you know, we had a couple people checking. Um, so there was, you know, that measurement standard of error. Um, right. But I was pretty solidly like five or six okay. and not more than that. Okay. Um. And so then they decided to where, do. Where was uh, your headspace? Like, where were you mentally then? Yeah, I was. Um, I was still fine because I was so comfortable. Okay. Um, I did know, I guess, at that point that we were going to start backing up against um, the amount of time my water had been broken. Mm-hmm. But they weren't. The team wasn't really stressing about that yet, and yeah. so I wasn't stressing about it. Um, I was definitely a little frustrated that my body wasn't responding to the Pitocin mm-hmm. and everything else that we were mm-hmm. trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point we did a Pitocin holiday. Okay. Yep. We do that sometimes a little break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it was off for um, what would make sense, maybe two to couple hours, hours or yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Thursday morning I had that break and then they, they restarted it, you know, back at the low dose mm-hmm. um, kind of Thursday midday. Okay. Um. And so, but pretty quickly got back up to the max dose. Okay. Um, just because it was, you know, I was tolerating it. And this entire time, um, Stellan was tolerating everything fine. Okay. Like he He's never like, I'm had good. Right. concerning, yeah, right. nothing concerning. <laughs> um, 
so that was also reassuring for me this entire time right. was that right. his, yeah, his patterns always look great. Um, so finally Thursday evening, by that point, you know, my water had been broken more than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they started to talk to me about, you know, risks of, of, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm remembering what they told me correctly, you know, the, um, the data would start to talk about risks at 24 hours, but getting towards, you know, 28, 30, it was okay to mm-hmm. them. Um, yep. But again, with, you know, every hour is a little more risk um, in terms of infection. And um, so, but I had started to kind of start to move in terms of my um, dilation. Okay. So I was starting to get, you know, consistently seven, eight centimeter okay. checks. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, so then Thursday evening, then we had that uh, talk of, you know, if you if you don't dilate more mm-hmm. and we're getting close to 28 hours water broken, mm-hmm. um, we'll have to start thinking about doing a C-section. Okay. And so the first time we talked about that, I was pretty upset. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I lost it. And I was crying. And, okay. okay. Um, just because it wasn't so much that I'd be upset that I had to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that I, you know, been there so long sure. working towards a vaginal yes. birth and then to, yeah. um, yeah. you know, to then have to have a C-section. Right. Right. Um, right. so that's where the, the MD who was on call at that point, uh-huh. um, and who delivered me eventually, she, she was awesome because she said, you know, we can, we can give you another two hours. Right. I'm comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll check you then. Um, you're at eight centimeters now. You know, if you haven't moved at all in those next two hours, like we really should do a C-section. Okay. Um, and so then after that, I felt like things really quickly progressed. Okay. Um, so like half an hour later, uh, I was asking my nurse, I was like, I really think, like, I really feel Something. even through this epidural, I f- I'm feeling an urge. Right. Like I need to be moving. Right. Like I right. feel like I need to push. Right. I don't know necessarily what that's supposed to feel like as right. a first time mom, right. but I think this Something is Something is I'm happening, feeling. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they did check me about, yeah, about an hour after that conversation. And uh-huh. I was at like nine and a half, okay. you know, completely effaced. She said there was just like a teeny little lip, uh-huh. um, you know, that was still there. And she's like, we can push through that if you want. Okay. You know, there are risks. Um, I think she told me that, yeah, that there would be, you know, a risk of some injury to the cervix if, um, yeah, yeah if by it, trying to push through that, mm-hmm. but, yeah, um, but that if I wanted to, that we could. And so mm-hmm. I, I felt the urge to push and yeah, I was ready to, okay. to do that. All right. Um, yeah. So then, but then I pushed for two hours. <laughs> so well, were you um, feeling better at that point? Like, yes, it's, it's like a little bit of emotional roller coaster, yeah. like literally just yeah. an hour before you were like, you know, so you, you might have a tear. C-section. Right. And yeah. then it's like, okay, I'm back in the game. Yeah. 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 So then I, I definitely felt a huge relief and uh-huh. I definitely had people tell me um, pushing actually does feel better uh-huh. than, than the stages right before that. And right. I agree with that to an extent. Okay. Um, yeah. So we were changing positions. I tried being on my hands and knees sometimes. Mm-hmm. I tried being on my side. Mm-hmm. Um and but he was yeah he was just stubborn <laughs> and i think i was getting tired um so it definitely it took two hours and two hours 
hours is not bad at all for a first time baby. Like That's for a first time. It really is yeah. not. So, I mean, I can say that because I actually haven't pushed a baby since I had two C-sections. But um, <laughs> but, but um, in, in the grand scheme of things, I know it can feel like a long time, but I hope you're not like, oh my God, it took me two hours. It just, yeah, it, it actually it, didn't feel like that long until, okay. you know, the end where I just felt like I was getting fatigued. And gotcha. at one point the doctor was, she's like, okay, I think you're, you know, you're pushing with your face. You need to take all that energy and, you know, put it down. Right, right, right. <laughs> down there and push right. from there. Um, so that actually, that advice helped. Um, but yeah, so eventually, you know, he came out, Uh um, I did have, and we did, uh, immediate skin to skin. Uh Um, how much did he weigh? He weighed seven pounds, one ounce. Okay. That's a perfect size. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was very good size. (laughs) Um, my husband cut the cord, okay. uh, which was kind of fun because yeah. he's sort of a, he's a little bit of a squeamish guy, right? Um, right. but we, we both wanted him to and he, yeah. yeah, he enjoyed doing that. Nice. And then, um, I ended up having a, a third degree perineal tear. Okay. Yeah. So what, um, what was that like? That was, yeah, that was, that was some recovery. Maybe was, <laughs> is like, uh. yeah, I, I actually, I do feel, you know, five months now later, pretty much completely healed okay um okay Okay. yeah so she the way she described it it was like barely a third degree okay um so it you know barely went into the anal sphincter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but definitely required repair Mm -hmm. um and so yeah for sure the first few weeks um were pretty rough okay painful um yeah painful um I was taking, you know, all sorts of stool softeners. Right. Um, I don't, you know, I didn't use toilet paper for like seven weeks. Because <laughs> it was just like, I can't, I yeah, can't do it. Yeah, the Perry bottle yeah, was, it was yeah, like, was I my, just can't do it. It was my friend. Yeah. It yeah. brought that everywhere. Um, so, but I think, yeah, I mean, she did a great repair. Um, and then I actually requested to be referred to pelvic floor PT. Aren't you smart? Um, yes. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that, that definitely helped. Um, and I'd say overall, yeah, I, I do feel like it's pretty much, um, back to normal. I haven't okay. had issues with any sort of incontinence. Awesome. How long do you think it, how long do you feel like it took you to get back to where you felt more normal? Yeah, I'd say, um, probably eight to 10 weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So in the grand scheme of things, not that long. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how often did you, I guess, how soon and how often did you see the pelvic physical therapist? So I saw, let's see, um, I think I saw her first at like four weeks postpartum. Okay. Um, I don't think I would have felt comfortable or like just yeah. felt, it would not have been comfortable <laughs> yeah. to try to do it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I saw her once a week um, for about six weeks. Okay. And then it was honestly just a, you know, her schedule and my schedule. I, I could have gone more. Sure. Um, but just the, the timing didn't work out. Okay. Okay. And yeah. you were starting to feel um, better about yeah. about things. Yeah. And so what about the postpartum care from the OB side? I feel like we do such a horrible job, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the hospital was great. I mean, so we were there mm-hmm. for, um, I guess, three days. Uh, mostly for my blood pressure. Then he had a little bit of elevated bilirubin. Okay. Um, never needed any lights or anything else than just time and eating and pooping. Sure. <laughs> um, so, 
Yes. Um, and then I ended up seeing, um, again, I guess I requested to be seen at like two weeks postpartum. Okay. Cause my, I just had my usual six week check and I was like, I, you know, I pretty much I had a surgical repair of I <laughs> my should, perineum. Someone like, should look at this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were very accommodating. You know, they, they didn't fight back on that right. at all. So, right. um, but you had to ask for it. I did. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, and then similarly to the pre uh, prenatal care, I essentially just saw um, whoever was available, which is okay. fine. Again, yeah. I had seen them yeah. all in the hospital. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised they didn't want to see you back sooner for like a blood pressure check or anything. No, that um, they did actually. Okay. Um, so they, I did get seen at one week um, to check my blood pressure, okay. and I was actually discharged on nifedipine. Okay. Um, because I was still in like you know 150 over high 90s. Gotcha. Gotcha. When I discharged, so I took nifedipine for six weeks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then was able to come off it pretty easily. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode, and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favorite to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy Into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. And then how was breastfeeding? Yeah, it was, um, it was tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so labor of um, love, as I always call it. It is so true. Yeah. <laughs> and he, um, I think for many reasons, his latch was not great to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up seeing, so I saw a lactation consultant um, pretty much like day of life five, okay. which was awesome. Um, and she was wonderful. Nice. So, yeah, so we saw her, and then we were referred to um, essentially physical therapist for huh. his kind of for oral facial okay. therapy for him, just because okay. he had a you know he had a kind of a squished little face and okay. a, um, you know a tight latch, and so gotcha. um, so they definitely helped with that. Um, he did end up having a tongue tie clipped. Okay, uh, at about I guess he was about ten weeks old. Okay, um, which. I think helped. Um, honestly, I think the thing that helped the most for him was just growing and age and time. 
and practice. Gotcha. Um, but I essentially ended up exclusive pumping for the first couple weeks. Okay. Um, which was not how I envisioned it, but I think it actually in the end worked out the best um, because my husband could help with mm. feeding him. Right. It established a really good supply for me. I even had like a little bit of an oversupply. Ah. Because of pumping okay. so much in the beginning. Okay. Um, but that meant that when his latch, it kind of helped with his latch because of the oversupply and the um, fast letdown and that kind of thing. It, it you know, it, it uh, I think it helped with his, um, with his breastfeeding. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so it definitely, it took, yeah, it took some work <laughs> um, <laughs> and it took a lot of pumping in the beginning, um, but we're still, yeah, we're still breastfeeding now and. Still going well. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask, if you're still breastfeeding. Yeah, 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 we are. Yeah, breastfeeding is, obviously you do it, but like, it's hard to explain how much your world revolves around it yeah. for a long time. Yeah. For, like, yeah. <laughs> because you can't, like, going out to eat, go to the store, when do I pump, when is yeah. the next time, yeah. you know, so it's just, it's and a lot. Pumping is pumping is no easier. I mean, it, you know, respect to the moms who exclusively pump you know, yeah. for months, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, you have, you know, your whole world revolves around when can I next pump? And, yep. yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really Do tough. you use the fancy, the ones that you can just stick in there and like, yeah, so I did, the I hands have, free ones. Yeah. Or? I have a willow or willows. Uh-huh. Um, so I, my main pump is a spectra, which is great. Okay. Um, but then I did also get a, a pair of willows, which, um, TRICARE actually, uh, helped pay for it, which was awesome. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah. And so I use those, um, on like my OR days okay. or like really busy clinic days. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I've, I have the liberty to be able to block out time in clinic. Um, so I don't have to use the wearable ones. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I don't feel like they're quite as efficient as the, you know, the plug-in ones, but yeah. 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 I do use them. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, and then, oh, how long was your maternity leave? Like how long is a military maternity leave? Yeah. So the military, I think, um, is actually pretty awesome at their military or their, uh, their, uh, parental leave mm-hmm. policies. So, um, uh, I got three months of paid leave. Oh, um, nice. they're actually starting, I think January one of 23, it's going to be four months. Um, and for fathers, um, I know it's six weeks now and i think it might also be going to three or four months for okay. um yeah or for you know for the non-birthing right. parents as well right, right. um okay. yeah so I, I took three i think i i might have been able to take four but um okay but yeah it was right. nice good good so what is the how has the postpartum experience been like overall and how do you feel about your birth experience yeah i um so the immediate postpartum uh, period was definitely tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to take my oral boards for orthopedic surgery at essentially five weeks postpartum. Uh, <laughs> oh, y'all should see my face right now. Oh my uh, God, that is yeah. torture. It is. And I, again, I probably could have asked for some kind of accommodations, right. but I think the answer may have been, oh, you can take them next year. Yeah. And but, it's like, you know, I just, I'm going to suck year. it up and just do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you spend a year collecting cases. And yes. So, yes. yeah, 
in my mind, the only option was to do it then. Oh, do you have to travel to? Yeah, go? you do. Okay. Where do you, where, <laughs> ours are in, ours are in um, Dallas and Texas. Where, where? Yeah, ours are in Chicago. Okay. Um, okay. So everyone goes to Chicago. Um, so I went uh, by myself, still oh. and stayed with um, my, my husband and then his parents were here okay. too. Okay. Um, so that in of itself was actually okay. Uh-huh. Um, that travel, I felt okay being away from him at that point. I was right. pumping. But the first five weeks of my maternity leave were just horrendous in right. terms of, you know, I was trying to study. Oh, um, oh my God. And then <laughs> I I definitely was not prepared for just the the emotions that come with that immediate postpartum period. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely a very optimistic, glass half full person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I felt lucky to never had have had to deal with any sort of depression or anxiety and sure um so just the yeah the negative emotions um that can come in those first few weeks are right. were rough right. i can imagine um, and um but yeah i think getting getting boards done also just with time you know the the second six weeks of my maternity leave were relatively great okay <laughs> um yeah and so i it, you know i definitely um dealt with you know the baby blues for mm-hmm. the first couple of weeks but mm-hmm. it it did resolve i'd say right. by yeah probably by about four weeks okay okay god yeah. i couldn't imagine having to take my oral boards right after I yeah had a baby <laughs> well i'm glad well i assume you passed and got it done and yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because then that would be like torturous to have to do it all over again to do it again yes, yeah yes oh. yes all right so as we wrap up what is your one favorite thing or piece of advice that you would give to expectant moms or expectant families i think it would be surrounding that postpartum period mm-hmm. um and just especially for first-time moms mm-hmm. and families um yeah giving yourself that grace uh of allowing yourself to feel emotions in those first few weeks and even months and, you know, mm-hmm. let yourself cry, um, you know, talk it out with your partner and your family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then with that, you know, if you have the ability to have help from family or friends in those first few weeks, definitely, definitely take it. Um, my mom was here, then my sister came up um, in the first few days after he was born. And so just t- to have, you know, someone who can cook all your meals for you. Yes walk the dog, do your laundry. Um, it is so, so helpful. Yeah. And even if you don't, you know, have family that can literally stay, um, taking advantage of friends who, who want to help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even the little things, they ask what they can do, you know, make me a lasagna yeah. or come walk my dog. Yes. You know, they'll be happy to do it. And it's one item off your checklist and something you don't have to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so definitely, you know, taking advantage of that help in the first few weeks um, and just being prepared to, to have those ups and downs of emotions. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, where can women find you? Are you on social media or anything? You can say nowhere. Yeah, or- I am. I, uh, so I'm on Instagram mm-hmm. um, and my handle is just CC ski. So CCSKI. Okay. Um, and then I'm also on, on Facebook, awesome. uh, Claudia Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Do you ski? I presume. I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And then my, my maiden name was also Skeeler, so that went into Oh, the, that, there we the go. Handle, it fit. But, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to share your story. I know folks are going to find it helpful. I'm already thinking of the things that I want to talk about afterwards in my Dr. Nicole's notes. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, it was an honor. Wasn't that a great episode? So many things to learn from in her birth story. And you know, after after I have a guest on, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, where I talk about my top takeaways from the conversation. And here are my Dr. Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Claudia. Number one, I really love how one of the doctors in her practice asked her if she had a birth plan or birth wishes. This is really how it should be done we should be initiating that conversation. However, if that is not happening, and to be honest, that is not very common that that happens, then you absolutely should bring up the conversation if you have a birth plan or birth wishes. I have a class on making a birth plan the right way. You can definitely check that out. I offer it it periodically throughout the year. Just head to my website, drnicolerankins.com, and you can check and see when the next class will be offered. Number two, induction can be a lengthy process, okay? Her induction was Tuesday to Thursday, 52 hours total, she said, and you just have to be patient with the process. You really need doctors who are going to be patient with the process. So be prepared that labor induction can take some time. Now, most often it will result in a vaginal birth, but you just, again, have to be patient with the process. And keep in mind, even from Tuesday to Thursday morning, like she was five centimeters on Thursday morning. So you just, again, have to be patient. You have to know when labor is considered active, when we should, when we shouldn't stop. These are all things that I cover in detail inside the birth preparation course. So you can, again, definitely check that out, drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. Okay, number three is remember that the anesthesiologist may not be in the hospital, okay? She talked about how there wasn't an anesthesiologist in the hospital, and that is not uncommon that the anesthesiologist may have to be called in during the night for an epidural. So for that reason, you really want to know all of your options for pain management because you may have to wait a little bit before the anesthesiologist can come in. Or the anesthesiologist may be doing surgical cases. Epidurals are considered elective. They're not considered something that you have to have. It's more, I don't want to say it's a luxury, but it's something that isn't required for birth. So things that are more urgent are going to take precedence. Like for example, if someone's in surgery for something. So you want to know all your, all of your options for pain management. You can learn all your options. I have a free guide you can download at drnicolerankins.com forward slash pain or episode, I believe it's 129 of the podcast, also covers all of your options for managing pain and labor. But that guide is great because it lays it all out, the risk, benefits, pros, cons. Actually, the the episode is great too, but the guide lets you kind of see it in a visual format. So definitely check that out. And one final plug for the birth preparation course, I cover all of the options for managing pain and labor in even greater detail, lots of visuals and things that focus on uh, tips for managing labor without pain medication. So you can get more details there. Again, the birth preparation course is drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. 
All right. So there you have it. Do me a solid. Share this podcast with a friend. Sharing is caring. I would love to reach and serve more people and I'd appreciate your help in doing that. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. So wherever you're listening to me right now, hit that subscribe button so you always get these episodes automatically downloaded into your podcast feed. And shoot me a note on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. Let me know what you think about the show. Follow me there for more information about pregnancy and birth. I love to connect with folks outside of the podcast and Instagram is my favorite place to do so. So hit me up there, Dr. Nicole Rankins. So that is it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.